The following podcast has been rated M for Mexican. Welcome to another episode of Mexi Mind Matters. And I would like to say that I'm a man of the people. Many people think I'm just selfish and don't listen to my listeners. But I always take into consideration what is asked of me. And you ask and you shall receive. So the intro was apparently... Being considered too long. Many of the comments and messages that I've been receiving since I developed this new intro was that it, two minutes and 34 seconds. Oh my lord, it's too long. A lot of us just skip to when you start talking. Wow, wow. I'm trying to appease and make it original and deliver some entertainment, and you guys just skip through parts of the podcast. Well, all right, fine. You want under a minute? It's under a minute. I basically kept the same intro, but only stopped it after the first act, which basically is how I would see my WWE intro if I was ever a WWE superstar. It would basically start like that, and then the the rock music would kick. But anyways, by rock, I mean genre, not the rock, just to clarify. Anywho. Let's kick off this uh, live podcast. Uh, we're in the habit of doing them live now, since you know once a week makes things easier. Um, we are trying out a new technique, which is staying at Terrace and trying to see if we can make it to Worthington and back to keep having my bagels in the morning. Because I'm tired of Tim Hortons having their fucking line around the freaking block in Westerville. So. With that being said, that's what we're, we're doing right now. We're heading to breakfast, in case anybody's wondering. Now, <clears throat> this podcast will be technically a movie review. I was told never again to do a movie review, but again, we don't listen to just one comment. We listen to the majority. And this movie that we just saw, me and Tara just saw last night, Needs to be reviewed for many reasons that we'll go into today. But first and foremost, let's start with announcing, as I said last time, the sponsors are being set up and have come through. So the Mexican Matters podcast is sponsored primarily by IGS. They offer fixed rates as opposed to the fluctuation you get with other electric companies or gas companies like, you know, AEP who likes to raise your rates because, oh my God, uh, you have this fee and that fee and blah, 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 blah. No, they offer fixed rates. And if you use promo code MEXI, 
that you get right here on the podcast, you can get a discount. We'll call it the Mexi discount. So how do we do this, Mexi? Well, you take the promo code Mexi, you email it to a Peterson at igsenergy.com. That's A as in alpha, P E T as in tango, E R S O N as in November at IGS Energy in one word dot com. Or you can just give them a call. Just give them a call. 614-312-4799. Just say you heard promo code Mexi gives you discounts on the Mexi My Matters podcast. Bam. Problem solved. Now, we are also setting up our second sponsor, American National Insurance. As you've heard, free shout outs for the best agent in the city, Senior Ramo. Well, if you use the same promo code, Mexi, you get the holy shit package when it comes to car insurance. And I tell you, I was skeptical at first, but he is my agent. He hooked me up. I have the holy shit package. You get hit with somebody without insurance, you can have surgery, be in a coma, and you're covered. Promo code Mexi gives you a discount. My man, Ramo. 614-595-2934 for free quote. And those are the Mexi Mind Matters sponsors. We'll add more as we grow. But for now, we'll keep it to those two. And I'm glad we brought up the subject of insurance because that's going to be... Before we do a movie review, I wanted to answer some questions that were sent my way from previous podcasts. And I'm sorry I talk a lot about things that not many people know because it's, you know, it's stuff that happens to me on a daily basis. It's, you know, my life, life events. Um, A lot of questions were revolving what I do at work and what insurances I'm talking about. Well, um, some of these questions, you know, well, what's UM coverage? What's, what's, uh, Property damages, what is underinsured or, or uninsured, uh, what is med pay, Mexi, please explain. And I apologize. Yes, I, I, I use the abbreviations I'm used to from work. Basically, what I do is a pers- I work for a personal injury firm. And we go after the insurances to get claims settled before they have to go to court. And here's the thing. Prior to working where I work, I didn't know any better. But as I previously mentioned, I talked to my agent, best agent in town, Mr. Ramo, and he hooked me up with the holy shit package. So I basically had everything without knowing. But when I got hired, that was one of the questions they asked me in the interview. So I do... You know what your limits are. I I, I answered honestly. I'm like, I have no clue. But I do know I have the holy shit package. And I looked them up. My uninsured motorist is 250,500. That's 250,000 per person, 500,000 per accident. Uh, And I have rental coverage. I have everything. Um, But that's what I mean. You want to make sure your uninsured motorist is high enough. And your underinsured motorist is also high enough, as well as having some medical payments. 
med, med pay is basically a, a designated amount in your insurance that can be used for medical expenses that come about, you know, because of XYZ. The minimum limit, I'm not sure what it is, but most people have about 5000 in med pay. Um, uninsured motorist and underinsured motorist, the difference between those two. Uninsured motorist covers you if you get hit by somebody who has no insurance. Or you're involved in a hit and run and we can't find you know, the at-fault driver, the tortfeasor. So you tap into your uninsured motorist. If you don't have uninsured motorist coverage, then you're screwed. Underinsured motorist is different. That is because you can only go after a person if they have insurance as long as they have limits, within their limits. So if let's say you get hit by someone who has 25,000, 50,000, you know, 25,000 per uh, person, 50,000 per accident, that's only as much as you're going to get. If you end up needing surgery because of the accident and your hospital bills are already 59,000 because you went to the hospital three times and you haven't even had the surgery yet, well, guess what? <laughs> that surgery is going to have to be covered by your health insurance or yourself. So un underinsured motorist covers you in the case of that difference in limits between their policy or the person that hit you and your own policy. So you want to make sure that's high as well. Because I have a scenario where that happened to uh, one of my clients. He got hit by a car and he was on his motorcycle. He needs surgery to replace some tendons. And he does not have higher limits than the guy that hit him. So he's stuck with the limits that the other person has. Unfortunately, that's just the way it goes. You always want to make sure your coverage is in tip-top shape. Now, the main thing that I do that kind of drives me nuts is people like to use their med medical payment category and think that, oh, yeah, nobody's going to know what's going on and I can basically double dip, like keep my money from the medical payment uh, portion of my insurance and that does not have to get paid back. No, they'll find out. Sometimes it gets issued accidentally to the providers and they're going to want their money back once the AFL insurance accepts liability for your accident. And sometimes, you know, it, it, I mean, if they don't accept liability, then you're screwed. But if, um, they do, and then you use your medical payments, well, guess what? Your insurance wants their money back from the outfall insurance, and once we know, it has to come out of your settlement. So obviously, it lowers your overall settlement amount. So we usually tell them to send the checks for MedPay to us so that nobody uses it and nobody gets too trigger-happy with that portion of their insurance. Now, mind you, if you don't know you have it, then it really doesn't matter. But most people... No, they haven't. Unless you're the Hispanic community, which is what I deal with, and these fuckers come over here and argue with me. He's like, well, you know how it is in this country. You have to drive. Yeah, but if you have to drive, you need a license. 
That's the first thing. I've never driven without a license. I've even driven driven with privileges or had my license. But I've always had, you know, insurance in some form, some way of, you know, some some uh, some form of insurance. But you know, when you when you have restrictions, liability only is the way to go because, well. It's cheap, and it's basically the only thing that will allow you to ha- to be able to legally be covered. But the problem with liability only is, you're if you hit somebody else, then you're covered. But if they hit you, an uninsured motorist hits you, or anything of the nature, you are not covered, my friend. You are not. And that's the problem with liability only, which I had for years. Um, and I always said to myself, you know... I have it because I know that the only way I'm going to get in an accident is if, you know, it's somebody else's fault, which is a logical thing to say. But at the end of the day, you know, the accidents I've been involved in were hit and runs or somebody who, you know, didn't have insurance. So that's when finally when I got my shit together and I decided to call Ramo. And got the holy shit package. So now I have... I'm covered in all aspects. And I suggest people do the same. Because... You never know. I mean, yeah, it's frustrating. But insurance is insurance. I can't... Do anything... With your property damages. Or if your limits for the bodily injury... I'm not covered because you don't have insurance. And you then protect yourself against people who don't. There's a lot of people here that drive underinsured or uninsured. Now, the property damage is what I mean by that is that's basically the car. The car and anything that was inside the car, for those who don't know. So, that's what I mean when I say property damages. We technically don't do property damages, but we like to advertise that we're the only firm that does. Which is, you know, technically not a lie because we put pressure on them to get it resolved. But basically, you handle your own property damages. Just like you would if you got in a car accident and you didn't have an attorney. They talk to you on how to fix the car, where to take the car. Oh, but I want to argue because the amount they're going to give me back for the car is not what I paid for and it's not what it's worth. I look it up online now and it's worth this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they all say that. And at the end of the day, we can't do anything about it because the insurance came up. With that amount, with an, you know, they did an evaluation of the car on the mileage and everything, the wear and tear of the car. This is what it's worth now. The moment it's driven off the lot, it loses value, and this is how much you're getting, and it's a total loss. Well, I could finance my car, and this is the other thing that I learned, and I advise everybody to have this gap insurance because if you buy your car through a financial institution and it is financed, the moment you drive, drive that some bitch off the lot. It loses value. And if you financed it for a specific amount. And. They only give you. Like say you paid. You financed it for 20000 And they only gave you back 15000 Because you know. It lost value after you know a year. Guess who still owes that 5000 difference. To the financial institution. That they borrowed money from. You. Gap insurance covers that. At a percentage 
120%, 150%, whatever have you. I did not always have gap insurance. And one time I ended up having to pay two car payments even though I had one car. Well, guess what? Now, um, that's not the case. Now I have gap insurance. Now I advise people to do the same. Get your gap insurance. Get it taken care of. And quit bitching to me when shit hits the fan because you didn't pr- protect yourself well enough. That's all I got to say about that. Now, enough about work and insurances. But I will say, again, for cheap rates, use promo code MEXI and call my man Ramo. 614-595-2934. American National will help you out. Now, on a different note, the movie aspect of the podcast. So, I don't know if people have seen this movie. I can't remember when it came out. But it's it's not new. It's kind of old. It's called Match Point. Yes, Match Point like in tennis or any racket sport. Match Point. So, I remember seeing the trailer when this first came out. And, you know, oh, another te- tennis movie. Great. You know, that'd be kind of interesting. It is, but it's not really about tennis. The movie starts out by saying, you know, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. I love that quote, by the way. That is a quote I live by as well. Sometimes it is better to be lucky than good. And it goes on to explain that when you're playing tennis and you hit the ball and it hits the net, you don't know, it bounces up in the air. You don't know if it's going to fall on your side of the net and you lose or the other side of the net and you win. So the movie is basically about this guy. I can't remember the actor's name. I want to say Jonathan Reese Meyer. Not sure if that's him. But he's this dude that I can't stand in many movies. He has a smug, I want to punch you look on his face. He is a former tennis player. Wasn't really good as a tennis player. You know, he's Irish. Moves to London. Yes, this is a British movie. Moves to London. Gets a job as a tennis coach. Okay. He doesn't really like it, but he needs money. Gets a shitty apartment. Whatever have you. He made, he made a name for himself <clears throat> playing tennis. But now he's retired and he's teaching tennis at this tennis club. And he doesn't like it. Whatever. He meets this guy who he befriends, one of his clients. And the guy is played by uh, basically... The superhero that turns out to be kind of like the anti-hero in the movie Watchmen. That British tall dude. Yes, he is in this. He is the friend that um, the main character befriends. And he comes from a rich British family. They got their shit together. The family has a lot of money. Um, his sister 
I believe, played by Emily Mortimer. Uh, she, if you remember her, she is uh, one of the main characters in the HBO series, The Newsroom. Um, Jeff Daniels, uh, the main character in that, uh, his uh, love interest. Emily Mortimer, I think, is her name. Not too pretty. Kind of older. But anyways. So she's the sister of, uh, you know, the client. And he invites, you know, Chris is his name, the main character, uh, you know, out to the theater, the opera. They both like, you know, the rich lifestyle, whatever have you. And he kind of, you know, falls for the sister, Emily Mortimer's character. But, ah, the friend, I believe his name is Tom in the movie. Tom is engaged to this beautiful, struggling actress, Nola, played by Scarlett Johansson. An American struggling Movie, movie actress who the mother of Tom's character does not like and does not approve of but they're engaged they're going to get married the first time Chris meets this American fiance he starts hitting on her without knowing who she is then finds out he uh, his friend the client Tom is the fiance and now he's struggling because he really wants to bang Scarlett Johansson, but he's with the sister. And the sister helps him leave the tennis coaching job that wasn't paying well and gives him, you know, the dad helps hooks him up with a business job where he does really well, gets promoted pretty quickly, basically because he's dating the daughter. So the whole movie is about him having to choose between the ugly Emily Mortimer, who has a family with a lot of money and is successful and the ravishing lifestyle, the rich and famous, versus not having any money, but fucking and being with Scarlett Johansson, who is the love of his life. So, that is basically the conundrum that Mr. Chris deals with in the movie. And the movie has a lot of, you know, sex scenes and all this nonsense, kind of just filler stuff. And it kind of seems that, at least, because you see the, you know, the scenes of the seasons changing, goes from fall to winter, the spring, the summer, um, you know... It's at least a year and a half that he takes to decide what he wants to do with uh, what he wants to do with um, his decision. Does he leave his? Oh, because of course, you know, the next logical step after dating the um, the sister is you know they get engaged, they get married. So he is basically getting engaged and marries Emily Mortimer's character. 
So for long time, he fights with his double life, but it's more of a, he is seemingly okay because he has everything. He basically has the rich and famous lifestyle. He has a wife that adores him. And he has a mistress that looks like Scarlett Johansson that he's fucking on a regular basis. Ooh. Oof, I almost uh, fell on my chair there just thinking about this nonsense. So he has everything. The dude has everything. But then... Oh, and because he's married to Emily Mortimer, the next logical step, of course, after being married, is... Oh, I want to have a baby. So they try to have a baby, he has robotic sex with her, ugh, and they can't get pregnant, she thinks that he's shooting blanks, oh, she's not fertile, blah, 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 you know, kind of makes a chore out of having sex with her, which, I mean, if, if, at this point, if she's, you know, if I'm married to a rich, um, ugly chick, yeah, it'd be a task, just trying to get it up. Especially when I have Scarlett Johansson, who loves me and wants to fuck me whenever she wants. So, but then twist. Aha. Scarlett Johansson gets pregnant. Oh, snap. Now he has a baby with the mistress when the wife has no clue and the wife can't even get pregnant. And, of course, Scarlett Johansson, Nola, um, tries to get him to leave his wife. And that's where... He, you know, struggles with that. Should he leave his wife and do the right thing? But he loves having money and everything he can and doesn't want to fuck that up. So, basically, after debating what to do, he tells Nola that he's going to leave his wife, but plans out to basically kill her. The family... You know, they're British, they're rich, they have uh, their own shooting range, their own horses, you know, the big houses in the country. So he takes one of the dad's shotguns from the country with some shells. And then because Scarlett Johansson doesn't live in a nice part of town, you know, she mentions that, you know, the old lady down the down across from her um, has dementia uh, and how there's been a lot of burglaries in the area and people doing drugs in her building. So he basically gets tickets to the theater for him and his wife, tells his driver to pick up his wife, and he will take a cab to meet them there, you know, covering his ass, and that's basically his alibi. Goes to the apartment, kills the old lady, pretends like it's, you know, a burglar ransacking and taking drugs and, and jewelry, Waits for Scarlett Johansson to come home because he told her to meet her, uh, to meet her, meet him there, so they can get away together, and kills her too with a shotgun. Then he hides the shotgun in his tennis bag, of course, and then puts back the shotgun, you know, at the the dad's place in the country. Gets rid of the shells, gets rid of the jewelry, and tosses it in the Thames. And this is where you tie it back to tennis. The wedding ring that he stole from the old lady, as he chucks it over the the edge, it hits the rail and lands on this side of the rail, aka not falling into the Thames. 
And you think, oh shit, he's gonna get caught because the cops are thinking, oh shit, this is a a drug uh, and and jewel heist gone bad. You know, somebody was trying to steal money from the old lady and then ran into Scarlett Johansson outside and shot her too. But the one detective is like, no, it seems like he is, um, you know, he had motive because oh. You didn't know, twist again. Scarlett Johansson's character kept a diary. And yeah, the affair was all well documented. So he has motive, but there's no evidence. But the one detective really wants to get get him for it. Well, at the end of the day, guess what? With the ring bounced back on this side, and you think he's going to get caught? Oh shit, because you know when the ball hits the net and falls on your side, that's losing a point. So you think he is going to get caught but the whole movie is called match point which is what happens when you win it's the last point for you to win some drug addict heroin addict found the ring kept it and then when he went and shot and stole from someone else they caught him and he had the ring in his pocket so they think he is the one that also killed the old lady and scarlett johansson's character and chris gets out scot-free um you know and wins hence match point and i will say the whole it's a good the plot is good but the whole thing that bothers me it's the nonsense behind it the nonsense being i would have not taken a year and a half to two years to decide what to do because the options are very clear either a you ditch your wife and be with Scarlett Johansson, who's hotter and sexier. B, all right, well, fine. You give up great sex with the hotness and keep everything you have. C, you do what you did, but you plan it to perfection where there's no chance of getting caught. I don't understand why you took a year and a half to plan this out or debate this and then... Your murder plan is has got a lot of holes. And the movie's got a few holes too because there's this new building that is where he uh, he works, where his business is. Um, and I know that building was erected in 2008, but yet he, as a businessman with a lot of money, has a flip phone. I'm pretty sure nobody in London had flip phones in 2008. Number one. Number two, you're telling me that there's no street cameras or apartment building cameras because it's a gated. You have to get in. You have to buzz into the building where the apartment is, where Scarlett Johansson lives in downtown London. There's cameras. You're telling me there's no street cameras in the building outside on the street that saw him walking in and out. He actually bumps into another flatmate on his way out after killing him. And you're telling me that he couldn't give a good description that matches... Um, you know, Chris, no cameras, nothing. Are you kidding me? No, I would have not taken that long. I would have ditched the Ugmo wife. Be- well, and I will say, okay, Scarlett Johansson's character was engaged to Chris. And then he gets married. But then, well, not engaged to Chris, sorry. Scarlett Johansson's character was engaged to Tom, the client, the friend. Um, you know, Emily Mortimer's brother in the movie. Okay, so, okay, you're kind of stuck. You married the... The ugly chick who's rich, that's fine. But then eventually he finds out that Tom and Nola broke up 
and then Tom ends up marrying some other bitch, and she's not as pretty as Scarlett Johansson, but she makes him happy, and they have kids, yada yada, and he, of course, takes all this time to find Scarlett Johansson, because she's gone, and apparently she went back to the States, and then came back to London, we don't know why, you know, hey, she's a struggling actress, but it somehow... She was able to fly back home and then come back and leave and live in downtown London. Um, the last time she was living there was because she was engaged to Tom, who was rich. Now you're working in a boutique and you somehow still live in London. Find that hard to believe. That's another thing I find hard to believe. And also the whole this would take forever to make a decision. No, no. Tara actually suggested there's option D. Uh plan to poison the wife then you keep the money and then you can be with Scarlett Johansson so you have both that would have been my option this is why Tara's an amazing girlfriend she comes up with these notions that I didn't even think about I'm like oh yeah why don't we do that that's a way better option or just don't pick do the right thing from the get go or if you're in the scenario where you're, okay, you have everything and you have a mistress and you get her pregnant, yeah, sorry, sucks, but should it, don't be a fool, wrap your tool. But that is this week's movie review, Match Point. Watch it. It is basically, it's got the reverse effect of Law-Abiding Citizen for me. The whole movie has got a bunch of holes, a bunch of nonsense, and you're like, motherfucker, make up your mind already. And then you think he's going to get caught and this movie's going to be terrible, but at the end, him getting away with it is a good twist at the end. But then again, you should have saw it coming. The movie is called Match Point. But you have to know tennis and know what Match Point is in order to get that. Well, that is it. Enough about movies. That is today's podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Check us out on Snapchat, Supermex, YouTube, Supermex. Mexi My Matters is live now on SoundCloud and iTunes, um, Facebook, aka The Mexican, Twitter at Super, uh, Super Asshole Mex. Send me com- comments, concerns, questions, as always. And remember, like I said, promo code Mexi with IGS, our partner, A. Peterson at IGSenergy.com, or give him a call, 614 312 4799. Use promo code Mexi. Fixed rate for your gas and electric gives you a discount. And of course, Vote for Ramo, American National, 595-2934. The Mexi Mind Matters podcast is up and on the up and up. We got sponsors. You love us. Rate us. Check us out on iTunes. As, as always, you, you, nobody believes me. But in what shit starts happening, you all understand that where there's a Mexican, there's a way.